You're listening to Amazing Spider-Man Chronicles, Episode 75, featuring Amazing Spider-Man, number 219, and ROM, number 21, from May 1981. Welcome to the 75th episode of Amazing Spider-Man Chronicles podcast. I am your host, Pat, a.k.a. DJ Christatos. Amazing Spider-Man Chronicles is a podcast that will journal the Amazing Spider-Man comic book issues read chronologically by their release date, along with another comic from my comic book collection, either in digital, in a trade, or from the many long boxes stashed away in my basement. Each episode will provide short recaps, reviews, and ratings of the issues for that release date. The goal is to keep me actively reading through my collection and having some fun along the way, talking about them with my friends. And whoo, joining me for episode 75, can you believe it, is Jared Albrecht, a.k.a. The Death Pro. Hello, hello, Pat. I am very excited. I can't believe we started this 75 episodes ago, and here we are. Wow. I tell you what, man. We have come a long way, and I have come with a joke for you today, Pat. Oh, really? Yes. I have decided to take up beekeeping, and I have a friend of mine. This this is actually true, by the way. I have a friend of mine who is a a beekeeper. He does it on the side, and I was like, hey, man, let me get some bees from you so I can start my colony. So I bought 10 bees from him. And when I got home and I counted them, there was 11. So I called him. I was like, man, you actually gave me 11 bees. And he goes, oh, that last one's a freebie. Oh. <laughs> oh. Hmm. 75. Is, is, this, is, is this what we're about now? You know? Just, yeah. Hmm. That's these, these jokes. This is who we are now. I understand I can mute myself, but how do I turn off his feed? <laughs> <laughs> No, I've been trying six years now. <laughs> I've been trying 75 episodes, Jamie. So if we can find that out, we would be perfect. <laughs> oh, honey, I know what you mean. <laughs> Speaking about honey, let's go ahead and talk to Delvin Williams, a.k.a. the Dark Web. Delvin, how sweet are you? Oh, I'm I'm generally sweet on on most days, I, I suppose. And if I had to do a, a a bit for this show, I guess it would be like I'm not really feeling being here. So, like, if you could find a replacement for me, that'd be great. You know, just somebody else. Like, yeah, you can leave the title like Delvin Dark Web here, but just like you know, bring in like another six three black dude and mm-hmm. just you know. Call it dark web, even though it's not. It's not really kind of just yeah. like a cheap rehashed imitation that's not really worth anyone's time. But still, I get, I get your reference. Just so you know. <laughs> oh well, J- Jared, Jared's with me. That's, I get it too. Pat, Pat's with me. Jamie is looking at the sky somewhere. I think there's a fly in his room. But we got two out of three people that get me, and that's good. Yeah, you know what? Two out of three ain't bad. Not bad. Definitely. Speaking about two out of three, if you add those up, 
you get Jamie Ray from Fab Five from Fans nope. Podcast. Nope. 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 I even nope. fixed it in the script for you. He did. <sighs> what? What did I say wrong? Fave. Fave. Like Fab. I said Fab. Okay. But you're the DJ, so you know right. that's that's I'm gonna let that slide <laughs> totally by. Thank you so much for inviting me to fill in for some unlucky person that could not be here to just revel in the jokes. Uh, it's, yes. it's an amazing thing. So I thank you really excited to talk about these two comics and watch Jared's Heathcliff drawing progress. I've often wondered if Garfield likes lasagna, does Heathcliff like chef Boyardee or I don't know what his shtick is. If anybody knows. He was always thinking about fish bones. Yeah. <sighs> All right. That makes sense. Yep. I vaguely remember that. Yeah. I know I read some Heathcliff comic strips before, but Heathcliff didn't hold a, hold a candle to Garfield. I don't know why. Like, I, I want to, if Jim Davis, like, go in the background and find whoever the creator or Heathcliff is, and it's like, you better intentionally make this not funny or I will be. <laughs> well, Jamie, what See, he, wait, no, we got to talk about this. Heathcliff, okay. I would say that Garfield was the funnier comic strip, but Heathcliff, I enjoyed the cartoon better than the Garfield cartoon. Just putting it out there. We appreciate that. I think so. Eh, you know, I've only seen a few Heathcliff cartoons, but Jamie. Somebody in the comments actually started like the theme song. Heathcliff, Heathcliff, no one should live in the neighborhood. Heathcliff, Heathcliff. Oh. <laughs> Play your pranks on everyone. I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. Oh, no, no, there you go. Now you. I know a lot of theme songs. That, that, it, it, if, if, if there was a mutant superpower. Whatsoever, but I, I do know. <laughs> if if there was a valuable mutant superpower, theme song memorization, Delvin has it. He's the guy you want in your corner at, at your table during the trivia for theme songs. Oh, there you go, Jamie. Why don't you go ahead and tell the folks what Fave Five from Fans podcast is about? What you do? Thank you very much. So it's a podcast all about favorites. So what I do is I invite someone to we 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 settle on a topic. Say for example. Um, Star Wars figures. And so I'll say, make a list of your five favorite Star Wars figures, and then I'll make a list of mine, and then we sit down and compare them. Luke Skywalker uh, in the black outfit. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, we're not doing it now. <laughs> <laughs> so then we sit down and compare them, five, four, three, two, and one, and you get a couple of honorable mentions, and honorable mentions are ones that are just, man, they just barely c- couldn't crack into the top. Uh, uh, to, to your list of five, or they were so bad that they, you had to mention it somehow. So it's something different every week with someone different every week. So, for example, last week was Arnold Schwarzenegger roles. This week is book endings. And next, <laughs> sorry, I thought we were doing it again. <laughs> next week is Taylor Swift songs with my daughter Lily. So there's always something for everyone, and because it's favorites. There's really never any wrong answers, and there's always a, a good story that goes along with it. It's a family-friendly show. We've only had one episode with an explicit rating because it was all about Prince songs. And we are going to be starting off the new year with a Sam Jackson episode that will also <laughs> be heavily explicit. Uh, but other than that, you can listen to it in the daycare. All right. Well, that sounds like a fun and interesting podcast to listen to. We do appreciate you being a guest on this show. Because I'm honored. You also are a big ROM fan. Yes, as well, I am. So. I am. I got my own ROMnopedia here. And oh. I've got issue 21 all marked and ready to go. And I'm ready to talk about it. 
we will be ready to talk about it too. But for first, we need to get to the first issue we're going to cover. But before we do that, just as a reminder, folks, you can call us and leave us a voicemail that we will play later on in the show. You can leave us a voicemail at 707-532-5269. That's 707-532-LBOX. I, I do want to say I'm super excited to be talking about this other issue. I sat down and read it again today. You know, Francis, brother of the universe, is an excellent. So I can't wait to dive into this because I'm super soaked. Sounds like a good one. Delvin, <laughs> did you did you have something to say, Delvin? I did. Pick up the phone. That's that's what I was going to say. I, I lost my ability to sing, but it, it, pick, pick up the phone. And now before we get started with this episode's issue, let's take a quick podcast promo break and we will be right back. Monthly, monthly, monthly. It's Action Film Face Off. Hello, I'm Jason the Weasel Skull Albrick, and I'd like to tell you about a podcast I do with my brother, Jared Albrick, the yard sale artist. Action Film Face Off! Yes, thank you, Jared. Action Film Face Off is a podcast where my brother and I, who are both military combat vets... Jason was a Navy SEAL! Jason was not a Navy SEAL. Jason was a military intelligence wing. But anyway, in each episode of Action Film Face-Off, we select two different action films. Some of them have Chuck Norris. Technically speaking, none of them have had Chuck Norris yet. But it could happen, because we use a randomizer set between 1970 and modern day to select our two films. So you'll always get two films, each from a different year. Our randomizer has spikes on it! We use a Google random number generator, so it does not have spikes on it. And we put the films into our video dome arena. It also has spikes. It does not have spikes. <laughs> but we discuss the films and score them through six different rounds of criteria. I score Bond films very high. Okay, that's true. But anyway, by the end of the episode, we crown one of the action films the champion of action film face-off. Next episode, Jason fights a bear. Jason is not fighting a bear, but please give our show a listen. We're part of the Longbox Crusade Network of Shows. Pat Samson killed a man with a sword once. I can neither confirm nor deny that statement. But you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and most podcatchers under Longbox Crusade. Or you can subscribe to just our show by searching for Action Film Face-Off. Come see the blood fly! And that's Action Film Face-Off. We do, indeed, invite you to come and see The Blood Fly. I just said that. Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the first featured comic for this episode. It is Amazing Spider-Man number 219. The credits for this issue are provided by Mike's Amazing World of Comics website. Publisher was Marvel. It's got a cover date of August 1981. Its on-sale date was May 5th, 1981. Cover price is 50 cents, and that would get you into the club. Editor is Thomas P. DeFalco. Writer is Dennis J. O'Neill. Penciler, Luke McDonald. Inker, Jim Mooney. Letterer is James R. Novak. And the colorist is the Don Warfield. 
Who? Uh, yeah, oh. Delvin. It's Don Warfield. Could you lie and say it's Glennis? I wish I could, but got to go with what they written there. So maybe Glennis will show up down the road again soon. <sighs> I know. We'll get through this one. We'll get through this one. This is reprinted in the Essential Spider-Man Volume 10 trade paperback. Or it's also on Marvel Masterworks Volume 283 of The Amazing Spider-Man Volume 21 hardcover back. But the cover credits go to artist Frank Miller. Ooh. Thank you, Delvin, for that excitement. Speaking about excitement, let's go ahead and get a cover description from Jared. All right, sir. The Marvel Comics group banner is denim blue with white letters and Spidey is swinging trying to bust out of the confinement of his yellowish, orangish corner box. The Amazing Spider-Man logo is yellow with red redding highlights and includes the webs. The main action features Peter Parker behind bars, but it's pretty much a torso shot because, really, how often do you look at a man's shoes? Looming in the background is an image of Spider-Man looking eager to bust out and start a new life in San Juan Taneo, and he's laying over a background that fades from deep purple to light purple as it moves down the page. A cover blurb states, Peter Parker, criminal. What say you, fuzzy britches? <laughs> I don't think I'm getting the reference on that one. You're, you're, not, you're not getting the reference? Uh-uh. Like, what if behind that picture of Spider-Man was like a gigantic hole that you eventually uh-huh. crawl through uh-huh. and navigated your way through a mile of poop and came out on the other side, fresh as a daisy? Would that help any? No. Oh, yeah, I, I'm sorry. How are people doing in the chat? Can people in the chat help him out with this? Or what? <laughs> Does anyone else know the movie that Jared was wrote? I know it. It, it. I'll just go ahead and give it away. It was Shawshank Redemption. Oh, okay. Oh, Shawshank yeah. Redemption. Like clearly, like you're in Wisconsin because you you don't have access to TBS channel. If you had access no. to TBS channel, which is more of a southern channel, you absolutely would have seen the Shawshank Redemption because they played it all the time. Yeah. What it's worth. I don't think I've ever seen that movie. I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. So it falls short for me. But hopefully it hits for somebody else out there. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into some quick cover thoughts on this one. And we'll start with Jamie. What's your th- cover thoughts? Well, I think this is a very Miller-esque cover for sure. I, I think it lacks something in the background with all the purple, but you could look at Peter's face and tell he's really angry and ready to get out. So it's kind of interesting the way that we see Peter is such a nice guy all the time. And here, even though we all know that he's not a criminal, he really looks like he's he's a bad dude. So I, I like the cover. It just doesn't pop out at me. I can see what you're saying there. It is kind of a bland cover on the background you just get that spider-man in that pose i wonder if he did this because of kind of what happens with the spider-man suit possibly yeah that could make sense the bleach yeah the bleachy kind of suit Mm -hmm. that happens Mm -hmm. in the story that we'll get to but i don't know it's it's all right delvin what's your thoughts on it i think frank miller does stuff like this and you either love it or you hate it like Recently, like last couple of weeks slash months on Twitter, like Frank Miller did some interpretations of some Marvel characters and people were not kind about it. You know, they were like, yeah, the old man needs to hang it up. And some people were like, "Eh, no, you like you got to see it in a certain way. 
I'm not here to be anyone's eye of the beholder. I'll just judge this cover and say the Spider-Man in the back, you know, kind of like looking enraged was cool. You don't get to see Peter Parker looking like that behind behind the bars. So, I mean, that is an interesting thing. The purple kind of works well with it. I'm sure Jared can talk more to that if he chose to. So I think overall it's a good cover. Like it doesn't completely blow me away, but it's good. And you might be interested in seeing how the heck did mild manner Peter Parker put himself in a position that he was a criminal. But I'm going to talk a little bit about that uh, during the uh, synopsis and probably a little bit when we get into the discussion of the book. All right. I look forward to your synopsis. Jared, what is your thoughts on the cover? Uh, my thoughts is uh, I like it. I mean, yeah, he's a Frank's an experimental artist, does experimental things. I like his heavy use of shadow on Peter. It really gives it a dark I'm in jail feel, except with Peter's frame. I'm pretty sure he could squeeze right between those bars. No problem. I don't think mm-hmm. those are going to hold him in there. I was thinking the same thing. That, <laughs> those are those are generous bars. That's pretty <laughs> wide. Uh, I really like his his angsty Spidey in the background. And yeah, the purple works good, especially with the yellow lettering of the Amazing Spider-Man. Those are the opposites on color wheel. Y'all knew I was going to mention the color wheel. But yeah, I, like I said, Frank does different things. And I like a little bit of a different cover every once in a while. And it's one of those things that, you know, as you're flipping through your collection, you go, oh, there's Frank Miller. Yeah, very um, short and to the point, really, on this one. The bars do give you that prison feel or sense of possibly a prison along with the course the the blurb that says peter parker criminal so you know he's kind of behind some bars at least anything from the chat delvin courtney thought the cover was beautiful and she gave it a nine if we translated that to the amazing spidey scale that goes to a 4.5 so i don't know whether she want to bump it up to a five or four but either way highly complimentary eric porter says that i think the background looks better uh, than peter parker which i'm inclined to agree MVP, Kathy Bright says, I don't understand it. Maybe if I had read the book and actually she means that like unlike Jared normally does. Scotty Cameron says, uh, Frank Miller used to be a great artist. Now his art has taken a different quality. This era was the peak of Miller's artwork. And Matt Posso says, uh, and to our comments about prison is that it's a thought prison, which is funny. Update, update. Courtney Holland bumped it up to a five. She loves to cover. And one more, Jim Meal. Says for a cover with no action, it grabs your attention. There you go, Pat. All right. Thank you, Delvin. With that, let's go ahead and get to some cover ratings for this issue. As a reminder, it's a one through five rating system here. Five is you loved it. It tickled your tummy feathers. Four, you really liked it. Three, liked it. Two, didn't like it. And one, you hated it. It ruffled your tummy feathers. Oh. Uh, Jamie, one through five. How would you rate this one? Three. I liked it. <laughs> I got to learn to do like a rating with a sound effect and call it a day. I love that. <laughs> we'll go to Delvin. I'm at a three as well. Um, I don't have a sound effect, but I'll add a couple more ratings from the chat. Uh, Kathy gave it a three. Matt Posso gave it a four. Jim Mill gave it a four also. Jarrett, what are you rated? Four. <laughs> was that good? <laughs> I don't know. Was that a gun? I, I don't know what that yeah, was. Yeah, it was my machine gun. So. Oh, okay. Okay. Kind of like, I, I was thinking machine gun, so it, possibly it a goat. <laughs> I was thinking Simpsons character, but no, you got me. 
<laughs> no, I like it at a four. I mean, the Frank Miller quality might have bumped it up a little bit for me, but yeah, four. All right. Well, I am going to be with Jamie on this and a three. So that'll put us at three cool guys <laughs> and one jump at <laughs> a four. Well, and several so- other people at a four. It sounds like the nanny is joining us. I don't quite know what's happening there. The Fran Drescher reference. Is that what we're doing here? Yes, we are. (laughs) All right. Well, let's go ahead and get to some story synopsis for this issue. And that's brought to you by Delvin. For a half second, I was like, what? I know I wrote this thing. Where the heck did I put it? I got it. Don't worry. It's it's here. It's on the phone. (laughs) I never put it in a script. Do you want me to stall for time? No, I can stall for no. time. I can sing. Actually, yes. Go ahead. Stall for time. Less than a minute for my sweetie to say I was a schnook. Okay. That's that's that, that's more than enough stalling, Jamie. Uh, I, I'm good now. I'm ready. I'm Jason. <laughs> as well have been. All right. While attending a demonstration in radiology... High school student Peter Parker was bitten by a spider which had accidentally been exposed to radioactive rays. Through a miracle of science, Peter soon found that he had gained the spider's powers and had, in effect, become a human spider. A Spider-Man. Stanley presents The Amazing Spider-Man. His amazing friend, Iceman and Firestar. The title of this issue is Peter Parker, Criminal. Spider-Man breaks into Rikers Island Prison. Why, you ask? Well, in his head, it would be a great idea to break into the prison to see how bad guys break out of the prison and take pictures of it and sell those pictures as Peter Parker, thereby exposing the conditions of the prison and thereby affecting change. By the way, all of this is literally illegal and immoral as all hell. The premise alone, it... (sighs) Anyway, Spidey does catch three people escaping. Jonas Harrow, Gray Gargoyle, and a mystery guy. Just about that time, Pete gets caught into prison and thrown into jail. The warden takes Pete's camera, which then gets stolen by a janitor. Matt Murdock was about to get Pete off on the charges of trespassing, but that third guy, who is the guy leading the escape, lied and falsely implicated Pete in the escape scheme. He was some guy named Dubroil and blah, blah, blah. Eventually, Spidey beats up Grey Gargoyle and Jonas Harrow and gets the cameras filmed back and this adventure is done and dusted and please let Spidey 220 be about something without substitute teachers. Back to you, Pat. Thank you, Delvin, for that recap of the issue. 
Cynical. Cynical. cynical yeah. yeah well, I'm, I'm trying to be nicer about it, but uh, no, you don't have to be. It was cynical. It was. It absolutely was. <laughs> With that, let's go ahead into the brick or brack for this issue. Is it a first read or a reread? And we'll start with our guest, Jamie. Is it first read or reread for you? This is a first time read for me, which probably will not be a reread. I mean, bad decisions from the get go on Petey's. I mean, he made Aunt May, I don't know, go to her senior citizen friends and come up with $50,000 cash to get him out. Uh, he did right. break the law, you know, so it's just uh, too many things on this episode. I mean, this issue that just made me go, why? We will get to those in just a little bit, James. So if you so want to hold on to those, we'll get to some high lows or what. I feel your excitement for this, and I appreciate it. With that, let's go to Jarrett. First read or reread? Um, this is a reread for me. First, I, we're really getting to that area where my collection oh, wow. was. So get oh. ready for me to ruin a bunch of these. It's a what? I know. Yeah, I, I know. I'm Jason on X-Men. It's going to be like this for a while. This is where my collection really, really... <sighs> took off yeah okay all right i see i see you I see. so yeah the yeah, next episode too just go ahead and let you know yeah the bob layton cover i had it signed and everything yeah mm. delvin the first reader or reread for you oh, oh I'm, I'm i'm not on mute i'm sorry hopefully no one heard that uh first read for me pat you know like like a decent crusader what about you well, Delvin, it is a first read for me as well, too. So you know what that means. Three cool guys. Right? Right? No, no, you don't sing that. You don't get to sing it. Yeah, Jared. listen here, Chuckles. You don't get to Ooh. do that at all. Ooh, oh. Ooh, yeah. I wouldn't have That's right. I'm calling I'm one step away from pork face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a good one. Pork face was a good one. Definitely. Makes me hungry, too. Speaking about being hungry, let's go ahead and get to some high lows or what does for this issue. We'll go back to Jamie. Jamie, you got a high, low, or what the for this round. We'll do two rounds, so give us a high or a low about the issue. Can I give you a what's up? You definitely can. Because it seems like nobody got my my earlier song for Delvin. That was one of the sweet rips from Lonesome Pinky. His, oh, no, from the book no. itself. I yes. Oh, you did? It was just horrible singing. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't get I mean, it. You, I you, like, so you did it exactly like Lonesome Pinky probably did. You, exactly. you did a fantastic job, Jamie. But he got it. He got a paying gig. So, you know. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, the guy's going somewhere. The desk going guy somewhere. definitely going somewhere. Now, I just thought that that was really strange to have this. At first, I thought he was a clothed naked cowboy. You know, kind of a, a, re a reference to it. But I just thought that was a what the heck. Even the bleached outfit didn't bother me, but that one was just a real head scratcher. Those on Pinky is, is somewhat a favorite around here. As we've watched his career grow, he's become a nobody or mm -hmm. a, a somebody. Now he's becoming a somebody. So, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of interested to see where his, his career goes once we figured out who Lonesome Pinky was. Oh. Uh, but he is a cool character. A little okay. interesting guy. Yeah. Fun character moment there. Delvin, you got a high, low, or what the? It surprises me. Spidey is my guy. Everybody knows this, right? You know, full run, blah, blah, blah. I am surprised at how often that writers 40 plus years ago used the trope of Spider-Man got into business that he had no business getting into as like a way to kick off a story. And this one, I don't know. I, 
overall, like in Delvin's life, I'm not in a bad mood or anything. And I read it and I'm like, this is just a bad idea. Like, and I know, I know what set me off. What set me off was that I looked and I saw that like it wasn't the normal team. So it immediately got in my mind, oh, okay, this is filler, you know, got to eat the filler and whatnot. So I was a little bit off and then just, just the whole premise of it, just kind of, it, it is Peter Parker. Peter Parker is always putting his nose into things that he should not put his nose into. That is a long running thing that Pete does. It's true. But something about it just kind of bugged me. It's like, why are you breaking into a prison? There were better ways to do this, dude. Ask for a tour or something and then sneak away and take some pictures or something. Don't break into a prison. That, uh, I don't know. Am, am I the only one that was annoyed by that a little bit? Like, I, I, was, by I was wondering what was happening, why he was doing it. I kind of was hoping that maybe there was an issue with a different one, you know, with, I don't know, was it Peter Parker's so, Spectacular so or Webb going on? But here, here's what I like. No, it, nothing with Webb or Spec Spider. I don't think Webb or Spider was around yet. Yeah. So here's what they were doing. Like, if you remember, the Frightful Force storyline came when Lalera uh, broke yes. into Riker's prison and freed people. And so it just seemed like there's a turnstile at the door of how criminals were able to get in and out of it. So in a sense, it is at least, even though this is a filler, it's continuing the storyline of where Pete was like, people are just breaking in and out of this. So I get it. I, I just didn't like how he went about it. Like, yeah. I'm going to solicit one more comment. Jared, what, what do you think? Am, am I am I out base here or is it is it just me? I think it can really be taken either way because, uh, you know what, we'll just go ahead and roll into my high. I, I like the fact that we actually get to see uh, Peter trying to make something of himself as a journalist. He's doing what I kind of always wish he would do. He, he's taking his powers and his skill set and he's using it to be a better journalist. He's like, you know, I'm going to I'm going to break a story and I'm going to and I've got the ability to do this. I'm going to make my powers work for me to get this really great story. And I, so I like that angle of it. I really did. I thought I've always wanted to see you do this, Pete, go do it. You know, I mean, I get why you don't like it. I'm definitely not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying it, it worked for me on that level. So I'm actually going to give that a high. I think what I liked about it and Delvin, you mentioned it is even though it was somewhat of a filler issue, it brought a lot of other things of the rest of the stories that were happening together. I didn't even think about that. The callback to Lalandra and all, or is it Lalandra or? It's Lyra. I Lyra, I that's what say Lyra, like, yep. but it's, it's Lyra. The Delvin. Yep. The Delvin. The Elven. The Elven. Yes. Yeah. I'm never going to get that one right. But I liked how some of that was kind of pulled together of different stories. So we knew kind of what was happening in this one, along with, you know, the pinky. You know, I, I've been following Pinky here, so I kind of like that he's getting somewhere. And I'm, I'm wondering if they're going to show us a concert of him or him somewhere else doing something. Will he be a bad guy? Will he not be a bad guy? I, ooh, I don't know. Just, Peter immediately hated on him, too. He's like, I got a gig. And Peter was like, my ass. <laughs> <laughs> a, a paying one? <laughs> people, people pay you money? <laughs> And, you know, we had some returning character, at least with J Jonah Harrow or whatever. I remember him. I don't know who the gargoyle is. So that was 
kind of interesting character to bring. I, I want to say, I don't think we've I'm seen sure him. there's some Marvel aficionados in here either or in the chat. Isn't Grey Gargoyle an Iron Man foe? Jamie's raising his hand. Yes. And also Captain America foe. Oh, okay. Yep. If he touches you, you turn into stone. Well, I, it, I don't know that it's a Midas touch as much as he can turn it on and off. Oh. Because, and I noticed that in this episode, I mean, this issue too, is that he touches like walls and he touches other stuff and that doesn't turn. But he says, yet with one touch of my palm, I'll turn you into stone. So it kind of makes me, I mean, I'm not really up on his power other than I know he can turn people to stone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was wondering that too, because he would touch different things and sometimes it would turn, sometimes it wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I also like the callback to the old outfit that he bleached in this one, you know, calling back to a few issues back again on this one. So I, I that's what I really liked about this one. Even though it was filler, there was still a little bit of, uh, I, boy, there was still some stuff there that kind of kept me interested in, in moving forward. We'll go back to Jamie for round two. Jamie, do you got a high, low, or another what the? Well, I would be, let me, I don't know where I should put this in, so let me throw it in. But I thought it was interesting that he decided to take his his old suit and his old shooters and put them together in a web ball and throw them out into the bay. Oh, yeah. So that, you know, so it makes me wonder, as you guys are going further in through this, as we all know, his webbing dissolves after a while. So does that eventually mean that ball might dissolve away and his clothes and his that stuff might be found by someone else? and be used later on in another issue. I just thought it was a, a an interesting yeah. little thread there that could be used later on. Uh, I kind of thought it weird that he was throwing that stuff away when obviously he had just taken it out of mothballs to use this time. So why not save it to, to use it another time? Again, that was just a, a, a kind of a, a, hmm, okay, what the... Yeah, no, definitely. That was something that also caught my eye as well, too, when I was reading. Like, oh, this is weird that he's just throwing it out into the the river. And is it going to come back around? Yeah, exactly. I, it, I it's good. Sorry, I go think, ahead, Jared. Oh, I'm sorry, man. I suspect this is a writer's trick. I think he's like, okay, we had a lot of fun with the faded Spidey costume. And he said, I guess he said these old web shooters laying around for a while. I think this is a writer's trick of getting rid of them. So they can proceed with storytelling without, you know, 42 issues later going, oh, man, I got to rip the I got to get a new costume. And someone writes in, oh, he still has the faded one. You know, like, I think this is a writer's trick of getting rid Mm. of stuff so that they don't have to reference anymore. Like a clean slate. They're like they're basically saying he's got one good costume and one good set of shooters from here on in. That's what I think is happening. But I'm guessing I am guessing. Yeah, that's a good take on it as well, too. And Jared, I was going to say. Would any fan actually do that? And answers, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Probably one of us on this show. (laughs) (laughs) Remember back, it's 219 when he still had those. (laughs) Jamie, any other high, low, or what the? One other what the, and you guys would know a lot better than me, but doesn't Matt Murdock understand or or, or listen to Spider-Man's heart and know he's really Peter Parker, like, early, early in Marvel mm. history. Does yes. anybody else remember that? Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. I, I can't remember at what point, but Daredevil knows who Spider-Man is. They, so I, found- I, I, I always appreciated the honesty of them saying that too. It's like, of course I okay. know who you are. 
but I didn't catch any of that in this issue. And I, I, you know, again, not knowing, not, you know, just, just jumping right in and reading this one. I thought there would have been some throw offline, like, well, we'll get you out of this so you can get back to the streets doing what you do best or something like that. But, uh, uh, well, good. Okay. Glad it wasn't just me. Yeah. He kind of lets them just kind of sit there knowing who mm-hmm. he is. If he does know who he yeah. is Yeah. for a couple of days, I, I think it's been a couple of days that he's kind of been sitting in, in there until Aunt May can get her troops together to uh, yeah. cough up that money. Get the silver raffle going there and get yeah. him out. Yeah. Yeah. I love the fact that he's caught in prison and has to be thrown into jail too. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting that he got caught there. Then he got to, then they got to take him back. And then, yeah. With that, let's go ahead and go to Delvin. You got another high lower with the I didn't comment on it while people were discussing it, but yeah, I, I agree mostly with Jared about what, but I did think it was dramatic. He's like, cause they, they, they at least played an intelligent game of switcheroo when it came to uh, the costume, where it's like, oh, my costume is uh, stuck in Rikers, but I got to get back out to Rikers. So at least I have this old one. And it's like, all right, I'm going to get rid of the old one. Yeah, I thought that was very dramatic. It's like, how come he couldn't just web it up and keep it with him and put it on his back? He's put stuff yeah. like he's done like a web backpack before. So he I went don't there understand with why he wouldn't do it this time. What's that, Pat? Yeah. He went there with a web backpack with his, yeah. his civilian clothes. Yeah. So I thought it was a weird, dramatic thing for sure. It was, it was, so I'll, I will do an unofficial what the then uh, to have a comment. And that what the is Pete was in jail for about a day or two. It was like, all right, yep, screw this. I'm busting out. It's like, Pete. How many people are you put in jail at this point? Like about 40 billion. <laughs> do you do you understand how they feel now? No, maybe not. Probably not. But yeah, so the, I'll at least give that a, a what the because there wasn't really much of a concluding fight at the end. In fact, it was one of those. I think the last time he fought Jonas Harrow, in fact, because the last time he fought Jonas Harrow, he broke. J. Jonah Jameson free of Jonas Harrow's like mm-hmm. anger ray or insanity ray or whatever. And at one point, Jonas Harrow hauls off and hit, hits him and Spider-Man's like, what? <laughs> you are old and regular. What, what are you doing? And like, it's so a similar thing out where Greg Gargoyle or Greg Gargoyle is like, I was like, oh, I'm about to get him. All I got to do is one touch. And Spidey's like, dude, I, I knew you were behind the door. <laughs> what are you doing? You're an absolute joke. So he didn't take, I, I always like when they at least let the, sometimes they downplay the hero's powers or abilities or they find some way to nerf them they didn't in this point they're just like no i i am not even spending half a second worrying about you because you're not anywhere near my power level so i did appreciate that jert you got a high low or what the i have a high that's going to rapidly turn into a low the substitute art team you know like dalvin said i opened up saw a substitute art team i was like eh, okay Yes, because we've been getting a little John Romita action, or John Romita Jr., I should say, action. I'm like, I've, I've never heard of Luke McDonald. I know Jim Mooney's good anchor. And I'm going through it. I'm like, yeah, this is pretty good. You know, this is this is pretty good stuff. Um, I don't think anything was way off. Uh, had to draw a lot of characters. Most of it was really good. There's one panel, though. Just one. Let me tell you something. Kids are hard to draw. When the pawn shop guy... 
bust out the camera to uh, show his kid. That kid looks like the young Jason Voorhees that comes out of the lake at the end of the first <laughs> I felt bad for that kid. I was like, oh, little Jason Voorhees, why? Why did you drown in the lake? But yeah, he, uh, oof, that is, I, you know, I was going to say, that is the ugliest kid I may have ever seen. <laughs> I felt bad for him. But other than that, when I saw that panel, I was like, good God, this is a terrible, <laughs> terrible drawing. But, you know, who am I to talk? I'm over here drawing Heathcliff. But everything else, though, I thought the action scene flowed well. I mean, uh, Spidey looked good. Grey Gargoyle. Like, everybody else looked really, really good. Like, I don't think we saw a noticeable drop in art except for young Jason Voorhees. Aside from that, I think it was pretty good. I do agree with you on that. I think the art was very well done in this one. It it passed for what we needed it to be as a filler issue. I think my what the would be how quickly it ended just right at the end, you get a little fight towards at the end in the shop where he's getting back the camera roll and, and it ends with, Oh, Jonas smashes the camera, but there's no camera roll in it. Cause once you think about it, Oh, the shopkeep that was taking pictures of Jason Voorhees, so he could get him developed, comes back and goes, oh, here, I got the camera roll. And that was it. I was like, okay. Well, what the heck else was going to happen? Was Jonah oh, going to, like, lunge for it and try and, Spidey, <laughs> I'll fight you for it. Okay. Flicks him with a finger. <laughs> <laughs> that fight's over. I would like to see, like, at least them saying, hey, Spidey's been, you know, acquitted, or Peter Parker's been acquitted, and that was it. But, but he was still guilty more. for breaking into the prison. Yeah, you were trespassing so at least. Yeah, God. you know, so that's the whole thing is it's not just all wiped clean at the end. Sure, he's got evidence that proves it, but does that mean he didn't break in and do what he did? No, it doesn't. He still is can be found guilty of that. So he does leave a lot of threads still out there. Maybe they might continue it. I don't, I don't know what the next issue is going to bring. I doubt that they continue it. There's nothing to continue in that the whole reason that Pete slash Spidey needed the camera was in order to exonerate him from any other charges. So once he got the film, the film showed that the people that were actually behind the break-in were Dubroil, whoever that is, Greg Argoyle and Jonas Harrow, and not Peter Parker, he's exonerated. So he But he was still trespassing on a federal facility. So he'll get a slap on the wrist for trespassing. But he can say that he was doing it in a, not an editorial, a um, journalistic function journalistic for, mm-hmm. and get a slap on the wrist for it. So they at least did cover that part of the story. Like it yeah. was, in my opinion, it was very clearly a one and done, but they yeah. did cover that much. At least that was why it kind of came to the end that it did, uh, Pat, where Jonas was being an absolute hater and smashing mm-hmm. the camera. He's like, yeah, I'm going to smash this camera. And like, and screw this guy's life. And it's like, oh, nah, you didn't. <laughs> you you yeah. didn't screw anything except the camera itself. Yeah. I still think it went on Peter's permanent record. Yeah. It's, it's interesting where they, you know, did he get off or did he not get? That's terrible having your record, too. I got, what'd you get in trouble for? Uh, breaking into prison. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've talked enough about this issue. Let's go ahead and get into. The silly Spidey moment for this issue. This is where we will get to choose a moment, a word, or something that was silly in this episode that you would deem a silly Spidey moment. So, Jamie, 
Do you have a silly Spidey moment for this issue? Well, I don't know about a silly spider moment, but I've just got to say that performance by Pinky, just yeah. not reading them before, just blew my mind. <laughs> um, I was like, what? <laughs> uh, but no, there was a really um, just way that when he walked off after Pinky said he had gotten a gotten a performance that he was like, said something like, uh, I don't know if, if he got a performance and I can get a pig, a performance. Or a coyote. And, yeah, a coyote, you know, and I thought that was really kind of silly and not knowing all of this stuff that he, that, you know, he's got this uh, whole storyline going. Yeah. Uh, I it, thought that was silly. Yeah. It's been a buildup for Peter. He's just been, you know, he's been hearing this guy kind of, you know, singing this way. And so uh-huh. it's really gotten under Peter's nerves. And then you uh-huh. slowly find out who this is. So that's kind of the buildup of where we. And is there is that a spoiler you can't share right here as to who he who he really is? Oh, we, we know who it is. Uh, uh, last episode, I think we I think we got. Yeah, it. for the longest time, it's just been this noisy, nameless, faceless neighbor, and that. So you're oh. you're in as when he got revealed as who he is. I got you. I thought it was maybe a uh, submariner with the beard and stuff. <laughs> but anyway. But yeah, so that's my silly moment. All yeah. of a sudden, I wanted to be the Submariner, like just leading this alternate life, right? We're just <laughs> doing what he wants. I love it. That would be fun. <laughs> I'm going to agree with you, too, on this one. I like that quick moment here and, and just hearing Pinky sing. It made me laugh as well, too. Delvin, do you got a silly Spidey? Yeah. <laughs> no, to no body's surprise, Jonah stole the show again. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was a good one. I was like, hey, can, can you bail me out? <laughs> Joe was like, no, <laughs> you, you can sit your bomb a double S in that prison. I, yeah, I didn't tell you to go there. Bye. <laughs> just hung up on the like, yeah. that was just cold blooded, but hilarious, but cold blooded. Like, dang. so yeah, that's my silly spotty. That was, that was you, a, Jared? 100% the same. Yeah. I, man, I'm in prison. I need your help. Oh yeah. Well, maybe she'll let me know what you're doing next time. See you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I, just gave, I just gave you some help. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That is amazing. It's amazing to know the deep down inside, and we've seen him prove it, that Jonah Jameson has a, has a heart for Peter Parker. But man, he gave him that tough love. Yeah, he did. Definitely. <laughs> that was a good one as well, too. Let's go ahead and get to the ratings for this issue. Again, it's a one through five rating. Five is you loved it. It tickled your tummy feathers. Four, you really liked it. Three, liked it. Two, didn't like it. And one, you hated it. It ruffled your tummy feathers. Jamie, on a one through five for this story, where do you fall? Number three, I liked it. It wasn't great, not extremely memorable, but uh, it was an enjoyable episode issue. That is pretty fair. We'll go ahead to Delvin, one through five. I'm at a two on this one. It just, from the start, it just didn't, for, it just didn't resonate with me. It felt weird and convoluted. And it just hadn't really fit into what has gone on in previous issues. And I give them credit. They they did link it. It, it wasn't so disjointed where it was bad and where it's one. And, and you guys are right. The artwork wasn't bad. And even as I explained some of it, some of the questions that you guys had, it helped me get a better understanding of it. But this wasn't this just was not my cup of tea. I just did not get it. And looking forward to a uh, more continuity-driven storyline. I will agree with you on that, Delvin, as well, too. I am at a two, not because of the art. It's just story-wise, 
I think this could have just been something different or maybe done a little bit better. Jarrett, where do you fall? I'm going to give it the three. Like I said, I've Ooh. always kind of wanted to see PG use his powers to help further his career. So it was kind of fun to see that. I, I was really quite taken with that. Um, you know, Greg Gargoyle's not, not a villain you see all the time. So it was a good change of pace. And yeah, at the end of the day, I, I enjoyed it. A brisk read and no beef with it. Just kind of a, you know, three. I, I, want to mention, I want to mention something real quick. And this isn't a, you know, dispute with Jared or anything. This is just what ha- happened in later continuity. And I'm talking about years, years and years later, where it's in continuity and amazing Spider-Man that they basically kicked Peter out of the Daily Bugle because I can't remember what was the reason, but it was something similar to where he was trying to do that good thing. And they're like, wait a minute, you took these photos and he kind of, I think he doctored some photos. And he had like the best of intentions in mind, but it was a completely plagiaristic thing to do. And it's not like anyone's ever going to find out that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. But I kind of put that in the same way where, yes, he does have powers that the normal human being doesn't have. I I think I think if he came clean and said, hey, I'm Spider-Man and this is how I got these pictures, then like. While there would be consternation about it, people would still be like, "Okay, well, I mean, he did. He did. These are the reasons." But I don't know. Something about it. Just I'm rambling. <laughs> Pat, take it. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, let's go ahead and get into some karma count on this one. Boy, Peter lose some karma in this one. Let's go ahead and find out from our friend Albert Elvis with his karma count section for this issue. I guess I'm your karma, and I love it, I can't get enough of it, there's nothing above it. Hello Crusaders, this is Auburn Elvis, and I bet you have asked yourselves if superheroes could improve their strength by working out. Well, according to the 1984 Marvel Superhero role-playing game, they can, but it ain't easy. In the game, heroes gain and lose karma points for how heroic their actions are. Karma can be saved up over time and spent to improve a hero's ability scores. Improving an ability costs 10 times its current score, so if Spider-Man wanted to improve his strength of 40 to a 41, it would cost him 400 karma points. And to give you an idea of how long it would take Spidey to earn that much karma, Here's the karma count for his actions in this issue. Amazing Spider-Man 219 starts off with Spider-Man committing a misdemeanor break-in at the prison. I wouldn't normally penalize a superhero for that sort of thing, but since he does get caught, uh, even though he intentionally got caught, it's a minus 10 karma. I'm not going to penalize Peter for ripping the bars loose and all that other stuff. The whole prison looked pretty much ready to fall down anyway, so we're just going to move on. The story then turns into a poorly paced legal drama, uh, but since we do get the return of the gender reveal Spider-Man suit, I'm going to give Peter five karma for his resourcefulness. And then I'm going to take it right back when he dumps it all into the bay. Heroes don't litter, Spider-Man. The issue ends with Spider-Man getting 100 karma for the defeat and arrest of Grey Gargoyle and Dr. Jonas Harrow. And he only loses five points for some minor property damage. Now it's implied that Peter will be exonerated for the prison break-in, so we're going to go ahead and give him another 10 karma to offset that earlier loss when he broke in. Uh, There's a lot of back and forth karma in this issue. So counting everything up, Spider-Man gains a total of 95 karma in this issue. And if he were to do this thing just a bit more than three times, he'd earn enough karma to improve his strength from a 40 to a 41. I'm Albert Elvis. I thank you very much for listening to this karma count. Play us out, Joe November. I guess I'm your karma. And I love it. I can't get enough of it. 
there's nothing above it. Thank you, Albrin Elvis, for your Karma Count segment. We do appreciate it. And very interesting that he actually came out on the positive side of that, I guess. I, I figured maybe it would have been a wash, but I don't know. I don't I don't play the game that well, so leave it up to he him. He kept the play. results driven. He yeah. was sort of like, I mean, he, he mentioned like kind of the pacing of the story was meh. But at the end of the day, Spidey did put criminals back in jail. So True. That's true. Well, let him, but he let him go. He could have put him back. Way, ah, let's not rehash this. Let's go ahead and bring this part of the show to an end. You got a comment or a question? Send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com or make a comment on the Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook page. We will be right back. Professor Zoom Yukonori led an ongoing expedition through his favorite single-issue comic book stories from the Bronze Age of DC Comics. <laughs> With unique celebrity guest perspectives to set this program apart from other comic book review podcasts. Solomon Grundy don't understand. Entity Terraman. I'm not following either. Izaro totally get it. I intend to participate in your podcast show of wonders as if i wasn't nervous enough little professor man mansplaining again accessing files experience the wonder bizarro what in tarnation did you do adios partner me am bizarro terra man goodbye of the Done and One Wonders podcast wonder show watch out you square brain varmint <laughs> Only on the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the second featured comic for this episode, which is determined by our Crusader Club members. Club members get to vote on this segment using the online poll only available on the Longbox Crusade page at patreon.com. As always, we want to thank our Crusader Club members for voting to help determine the programming for this show. If you want to get in on the voting and all the other amazing benefits of being a Crusader Club member, just head on over to patreon.com and search for Longbox Crusade. You can join for as little as $1 per month and help determine what each episode's second feature will be. For this episode, the Crusader Club members selected... Oh, wait. They selected ROM, issue number 21. Whoa! <laughs> I, I suspect Jared may have gotten in there and, and gotten others to vote for this. I, I did no tampering, sir. No tampering by Jared, he says. No tampering. Once you we'll, see the word count, you'll know that I did no tampering. <laughs> oh, I know. With that, let's go ahead and get some credits for this issue, which are provided by Mike's Amazing World of Comics. Publisher was Marvel. It's got a cover date of August 1981. Its on-sale date was May 12th, 1981. Cover price was just 50 cents. Editor is Alan Milgram. Writer is Bill Matlow. Penciler is Sal Buscema. Anchor, Joe Sinnott. Is it Sinnott or Sinnott? I've always said Sinnott, but I don't know. (laughs) Okay. Me neither. Letter is James R. Novak. And colorist goes to Bob Sharon. And there is a second story in this one as well, too, called Trouble in Paradise. The writer was Bill Matlow. Penciler is Sal Buscema. Anchor is Joe Sinnott. Letter is James R. Novak. And colorist is Bob Sharon. The cover credits go to Alan Milgram. And speaking about the cover, Jared, give me your $10 synopsis. Can do, Pat. 
The Marvel Comics Group banner is white with Maximilian red letters. ROM stands in his Robbie Black and red corner box. The ROM logo is light R2 blue with dark blue highlights. The main action has ROM, hovering Tom Servo style, being shoved out of the way in midair by Torpedo. The title logo is worked into a dialogue bubble where Torpedo is commanding, like ED-209 would, move over, Rom, there's a new hero in town. You have 15 seconds to comply. The cover blurb informs us, like C-3PO would, the return of Torpedo. Back to you, Pat. Beepity-boopity-boop. Jared, I love your droids or your robotics. Uh, I figure we don't get Rom a lot, so I can do every robot reference. That's <laughs> good in there. <laughs> Thank you. Do you know what's really messed up? What? He's not really a robot. <laughs> I stretched it a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) It works. All right. With that, let's go ahead and get to Jamie. What's your thoughts on the cover? I love this cover. I think that there's a lot of, uh, hey, hey, you know, uh, to it. The fact that Rom is is literally being pushed out of the way, out of the spotlight to bring on this new character, which uh, if you know much about the Marvel Universe, we've seen in the past, uh, but now he's a hero. So it just Man, what are we going to get in this issue? So I love that. I love the cur- colors, the gradients on the back. Just eat it up. You know, this is very similar to the Spider-Man one, where you just have that background that Jarrett mentioned, where in the Spider-Man one went purple to a lighter one. Now you have this one going from a red to an orange gradients there as well, too. So that's very interesting. Yeah. Um, brings kind of some simpleness of you have Rom and you have the, what is it, the torpedo guy. Torpedo. Brock. 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 Definitely a definitely a cool hero name. Brock mm-hmm. on this one. And you got Big Rom in the front with the caption of Rom's name on the top there. Yeah. Jer, what's your thoughts? I really like the use of the title of the book as a word balloon. I thought that was really fun and clever. Uh, in case you wanted me to mention Color Wheel again, uh, Blue Pops best off of yellow or orange so they're doing a really good job with that sort of faded orange in the back to make torpedo pop they're using blue letters on rom rom himself has blue highlights so your color balance here is just outstanding which i think is another reason that it's attractive you know it's a good drawing it's just it's excellent ink work and i think i think al milgram not only drew it but inked it himself as well and it's really good it's especially inking machinery if you look at how he comes in with those those blacks and he gives sort of the wavy reflective lines off of it and just gives it a real dynamic look and it's one of those covers that kind of tells you what you're going to get in the book you know we always appreciate those so yeah this is a a really solid cover in my opinion and i believe it's delvin's turn i do like this cover uh when i was like who drew this cover i like it it's great it was al milgram i'm like oh it sucks Okay, I did not say that. Jamie, Jamie, come back, come back, man, come back. <laughs> no, it, but I will say this. I will say that I am much more impressed with Al's artwork here than with Spidey. For whatever reason, Spidey just has never clicked with me. Not ever. But this wrong and this torpedo, really good. I like it. I like the... Uh, colors in the background accentuates the uh, characters up front. I agree with Jared as well about liking that torpedo as uh, the one saying the words and it included the uh, ROM logo in it. And uh, I like even the cover a box of ROM sit- standing there looking very powerful. It's a very good cover. All right. Well, with the cover 
thoughts out of the way, let's go ahead and rate this one. On a scale of one to five ratings, five meaning you loved it, four, you really liked it, three, liked it, two, didn't like it, and one, you hated it. It melted your motherboard. Oh, you don't want uh, that, you know? Does not compute. <laughs> Jamie, on a one through five, where would you rate this one? Well, I'm going to have to give this one a ROM five. Um, Which is kind of a two. (laughs) Well, no, it's just, yeah, it is. It's kind of a two because, oh, it is five. Okay. So there we go. Yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah. The old oven mitts there. No, again, for everything that everybody just said, too, it just just pops. You've got strong characters. You've got strong lines and great colors. And it tells you, oh, boy. I mean, this is one of those comic covers that you look at and, oh, boy, I want to open this up and see what's going on inside. Jarrett, do you agree with Jamie or do you sit somewhere else? I'll get close. I think this is one of those covers that I would absolutely give a five. You know, if I was a big Torpedo fan, I got no beef with Torpedo. I just, I know of Torpedo. So I'm giving it a solid four, like a four with a smile on my face. I like it quite a bit. Now mm-hmm. I can see if like you really dig Rom and, and you know, you know, a lot about Torpedo and he's kind of one of your guys. This would, this would be an easy five. Uh, it's like we talk about on GI Joe. Or a lot of times it depends on the character on the cover. But as far as like just art quality and movement and style, easy four. This is a nice cover. Delvin. I'm with Jared here. I'm out of four. Uh, if you gave it a five, by the way, that would be one, zero, one in binary. Uh, anyway, well done. Thank you. <laughs> that, that was when I was back in the Air Force days. I um, There was a course or a part of a GPS curriculum that we had to teach hexadecimal. Uh, which is uh, going all the way. Like if you think about like the numbering system that we use, the decimal system goes from zero to 10. Hexadecimal goes from zero to 16. And so we had to start with binary. And anyway, I'm a nerd. One zero zero one is a five. See, because binary builds from one to two, two to four, four to eight, and eight to 16. That's why you get hexadecimal. (laughs) Exactly. And so, right, hexadecimal, you start with 16 base zero, which is one, then 16 to the first, which is 16. 16 to the second, which is 256. Anyway, good cover. And we should pass it on to somebody else (laughs) (laughs) before, like, imaginary glasses just find their way onto my face. (laughs) Hey, man, I was with you. I'll nerd out with you. I appreciate I'm, that. Jay. See, I'm not a math person, so I, that went like whew, way over my head. It's, uh, it's, it's the same with Miranda. I'll, I'll say something like that to Miranda. She just stares at me like, uh huh. <laughs> it's a, it's a good oh, baby. baby. <laughs> I'm just waiting on you to stop talking. <laughs> Next episode, do it in uh, Morse code. There we go. <laughs> oh, yeah. I am going to agree with you guys on a four. I think it's a very simplistic cover. But I think the detailing on both Torpedo and ROM really make this thing stand out. It's really kind of flies right towards you. And, and like James said, you want to open it up and see what's happening. Why are they fighting? What's going on? With that, let's go ahead and find out actually what is going on with the story. With the story synopsis from Jamie.
back at Clarendon, where Rom is still not really considered a hero to anyone outside of the town. But the town of Clarendon now understands that he's there to protect them. And uh, as the day that opens up, you've got a moving van coming into town that has uh, Brock and Lorraine Jones and their three sleeping children, uh, Danny, Annie, and uh, the newborn Nell. And so basically, they are showing up into this new town to start over again. You find uh, Steve, Brandy's boyfriend, who is working the, the gas station there, is all excited that there's finally new people coming in. And they're talking about everything. And as soon as they leave, Steve's on the phone telling everybody to come out, which was a little okay, but we'll go there anyway. And then Steve goes back into his background where you found out, if you'd read some Daredevil issues before, that Torpedo was actually a criminal at the time. And he finally got away from a group called the Rocketeers that he had been working with and decided to make a new life and to, to leave all of that behind. Uh, and in a flashback, we see that some Rocketeers showed up, and after the fight with them, they turned into dust and disappeared, which, if you're a ROM follower at the time, you know that was a sign of them being wraiths. But he has determined to come to this town and to leave all of that behind him. ROM, working with Brandy, scanning the area, finds out that there is something new going on. So he flies out of the basement and starts to patrol. Then Brock sees this and thinks the Rocketeers, who also fly, are back in town and they're after him. So he speeds off and comes up and cloppers Rom from behind. And then a classic Marvel style with all the, the, the clangs and uh, crash stone sounds, uh, we get into this fight and, and Brock just, he's just given Rom his all. And Rom has been thinking a lot about where he is and if this is where he really wants to be. And while the fight is going on, just decides to, to stop. And you know what? If this guy's going to kill me, maybe it's just time for me to go. At which point you see Torpedo stop himself before hitting Rom. And, and then they start talking. And then Rom explains to him that the Rocketeers that he saw are probably dire wraiths. And so then he's like, oh, my gosh, I've got to stay here and help you. And then we get a quick flash to the end where the Rocketeers uh, are got, coming back together and you can see that they are all changing back and they are indeed wraiths. And they determine that they will go to Claritin and kill Rom the Space Knight. So it was a quick issue because you had the Saga of the Space Knights back up, but it's very powerful and very important because the Torpedo stays there in Claritin for uh, quite a while helping protect the people. And that's it. All right, Jamie, thank you for that story synopsis on ROM issue number 21. Let's go ahead and get to the bric-a-brac. It is a first read or a reread. We'll start with Jarrett. Well, let me go ahead and tank this early. This is a reread. I bought all these ROMs and read them, and I sent them to you, and that's why they're in your collection, Pat. <laughs> so, yes, I have read this before. Double tankage. Delvin, first read or a reread? After I finish talking, I'm going to take the next five seconds to awkwardly stare at Jared. Okay, with that, it, it's a first read for me because right, I don't ruin things. You don't, Delvin. And it is a first read for me as well. So let's find out from Jamie. Is it a first read or a reread? Oh, this is definitely a reread. <laughs> um, this is an important issue, so I have read it. Like I said, I had my omnibus made from old issues. Wow. This is a three-volume set, so... 
anytime I want to read one, I don't have to worry about unbagging and boarding an issue. I can just pick it up, go straight to it and read it. So these stay here in the plastic microphone studio with me. Whenever I want to do a little research, I'll pick it up. It sounds Two like cool guys. Sounds like you're fancy. Yeah, he's fancy uh, like me. Yeah, he's fancy. Is that, is that uh, Omaha bound? Did they do your bike? It is Omaha bound. Oh, oh, yes, it is. Super fancy. Super yeah. fancy. And, and I took I took a little ROM thumb that Jamie Cosley created mm-hmm. for the ROM pals, mm-hmm. and I cleverly placed it on the front cover of each of the, the You can do the that books. because it's all custom. It's all custom. All fancy custom. People. Yeah. And then I actually was able to put it together so that the spines yes. make ROM flying. Uh-huh. So there you my go. five yeah. lives of Guru make a big Guru panoramic <laughs> picture because you know you know the fancy you know fancy life, Jamie. We are the, the fancy, fancy cast with Jared and Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> all fancy all the time. Well, are you guys out there with us? Two cool guys that never read it before, or two fancy guys who's got it all bounded and whatever. But I'll, I'll give you guys the fanciness because you definitely deserve it with that that amount. Instead of being chumps, I'll give you fancy. Big just day. this once, just Big this day. once. We thank you. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get to some high lows or what this for this issue. And we'll start with Delvin. You got a high low or a what the? So did we do a crusademus about, we did a crusademus about Rome, right? Mm, the yeah, answer to that Jamie question is, to, will be a real, Jamie brought it. Right? Yet, yet to be revealed, Delvin. Yet to be revealed, but Jamie brought it. It was 49, was it? Yep. All right, getting a nod from Jamie. And like, so I remember what happened in 49 and it wasn't pleasant. <laughs> uh, so at, at least issue 21, there looked like there was going to be some semblance of, of hope for the town of Clareton, West Virginia, even though I, I would want to know. I know it was 1981. Information moved slower in 1981 than it does now in uh, the year of our Lord, uh, Beyonce, 2023. But like, who would want to move back to Clareton after aliens wiped it out? The answer is nobody. <laughs> that that would be a ghost town, like waiting for people to die and no one would ever want to move to it. But yet, you know, people came in and including uh, Torpedo, who is like this buff former football player that uses a lot of football references. That's how you know he's a football player. Oh my goodness, did he use the references? Or <laughs> yes. what? Did he take those references and go all the way? <laughs> <laughs> bumbling, stumbling. <laughs> right? So yeah, so all of that. Like um so I, I at least got the purpose of the, the issue. Um, Rom was worried, as he is wont to do, about the threat of the dire wraiths and was worried if he left the town of Clariton that the race would just come back and take over the town. And now he has an ally that he might be able to rest easy on. So I at least understood uh, the plot of that. And um, we can move on. Uh, who's next? Jared? Um, actually, Pat, you determine. I'm going to step ahead here before Jared and... My thoughts on this one is, I guess it's a high because I like the character development and just the bringing you into this inanimate object as a toy and just to make this big series out of it and to make you feel for Rom, what he's been through. You know, with Marvel, they really had something here with Rom. They did it with G.I. Joe. 
And they did it with Transformers. They really brought characters to these toy lines and somewhat surpassed the toys in longevity in that, or at least as they faded out later on, toys became, you know, brought the toys back again a little bit. I, I, I don't think there's a new Rob toy out, but I'd be interested in if there was. But I just like the character development to read this. And you could definitely, again, feel for Rom on this one and what Marvel has done to make that, you know, make you feel for him. I do. I do want to answer that. Yes, there actually was a new Rom uh, action figure that was released oh. uh, by IDW. And oddly enough, it was actually released with a G.I. Joe figure. Um, oh. There are six or eight. Oh, look, Jared's head popped up. Six or eight figures all in one big box that sold for like $100. And you could get a little six and a half inch ROM and mm. I think maybe a Dire Wraith of, oh. the, of the IDW variety. Oh, so okay. this one has not come out, but it's, it, is still, it is still ROM. Oh, very interesting. Jared, what's your thoughts? High, low, or what the? I'm going to take a broad view here in the first one. I have this long-standing joke that I've always done where I talk about how a doctor could cure cancer and go on Twitter and be like, I have isolated the gene that causes cancer and I know how to combat it. He'd get like 150 likes, but a sexy goth girl will tweet something like my sadness is the only thing that makes me happy and get 20,000 likes. <laughs> Ram is said goth girl. Like it is so depressing. <laughs> Ram is such a depressing guy, but I'm still giving him the likes, you know, he's like, I, I, I hate my life. I hate it here. I want to go back to my home. Where they all hated me and <laughs> I hated them. And I hated them and I'm miserable <laughs> and I'm sad all the time. So Rom himself, I've like he just he's just the biggest bummer every time <laughs> I read him. But what what Vantlow did that was smart is he wrote he wrote a heavy story. And that was the whole point of what he was doing. He was writing heavy. And yeah. he, if you put yourself in the headspace of 1981, nobody at Marvel was doing this except for probably Claremont. Claremont was also would write heavy and then let let characters around them sort of bring the lightness. So you've got, we saw Brandy in this issue. We all know from reading 49 that she eventually is going to join the space Knights mm-hmm. and be um, Starshine. Is that right? Yeah. Which uh, was also um, Delvin's nickname in college, by the way. Not a lot of people know that you rub his belly and then he just, <laughs> he smiles and then it- <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's the whole thing. It's the whole thing. Uh, but yeah, like, so I'm just taking a, a, a macro view here. Like Rom himself is just very depressing to me, but then I flip that on its, on its head and say, okay, well, Ma- I got to give it to Mantlo for, for writing this just sort of heavy and in-depth story and making it more interesting than just a, just a toy story should be. And I've also read some Mantlo on, if anybody remembers this toy line, Sectars, Mantlo wrote a lot of that, and yep. he made that a lot more intricate and interesting than it should be. And I, I've enjoyed reading Sectars. Um, so it, what's really fascinating about Rom is you look at it and you go, oh, it's a space robot. Man, this is going to be fun. Wrong. It's not going to be fun. <laughs> it's going to be sad and depressing <laughs> most of the time. But it will have its moments. And so it was just interesting to be here when we see, uh, I've read a fair amount of these now, you know, Brock showing up for the first time and getting that torpedo uh, boost in the Marvel universe, which is going to echo all the way into the new warrior stuff that Delvin and I have been reading. Uh, so it's neat to oh. put the dots together. So very macro view. I know I was all over the place, but that's sort of where, what I was feeling when I was reading. Now, now you, you make, Oh, 
Go ahead, Jamie. I was just going to say that, that Jared, you're not you're not far off if you notice that Rom and Emo only have one letter difference than each other. Aha. So. <laughs> and I wanted to get together Rom with that emo ness and Orsted from G.I. Joe Chronicles. Can you imagine Rom and Orsted just kind of yeah, hanging those out? Those are the two guys that should hang out. <laughs> oh man, I could listen to those two talk all day and just it'd be a fun time. Jamie, do you got a high low or what the well, my high has got to be the fight at the uh, at the football field, which I don't know if you guys noticed, but but Brock used to be a football player. <laughs> it, yeah, it doesn't really. You have to really be a fan like myself to to get those little mm. subtle nuances. Yeah. But the fight, and there's a scene where he is flying toward Rom, and it's a picture of Rom straight on, and him flying out with his punch, and and then suddenly he realizes. I mean, it's not even a game of chicken. Rom's not even playing. Rom's just here, take me out type deal. And uh, that he stops. So depressing. So depressed. He's like, oh, dude, just end it, man. Just end me. (laughs) And then he fires it off into space. And I think there's a line is like in the night sky lights up from the power. So it was it was really just a, a cool way for this guy to realize. And this theme happens over and over and over again in issues of Rom, where everybody thinks he's a big bad killer robot. And then they find out that there's a lot more to it. So that was definitely the high for me in, in this issue. Yeah, definitely a interesting moment for Rom on this one. Delvin, high, low, or what the for your second round? I actually want to uh, give away my high uh, and, and or low or comment and just ask Jamie. And, and this doesn't have to take too long, but Jamie, what got you into Rom? Like, what made you just like, what about Rom made you just say, I, I freaking love this dude? Okay, so the short answer to that is, is everybody talks about Captain America being um, the, the Boy Scout of the Marvel Universe. But Rom makes Captain America look like, I mean, you know, a heroin dealer. He is literally the only character that I've ever known who has never gone bad. I, I can't think of one instance where he did the wrong thing or he did something for his own benefit. He gives up so much. And one of the things they don't talk about is he's 200 years old or he's been doing this 200 years. So he's Mm. probably 250 or something. And he's got all of this backstory and all of this depression and woes and everything. And yet he shows up and he does the job to protect this, this planet full of these people who hate him. And I don't know. There's just something about that that just really spoke to me. He is literally like a knight of old time in his, in his space armor. Just, okay. just, loved it. It just spoke to me. I appreciate that. Like oh, there's, because I, I have heard of Rom for years and years and years. And uh, when I came to new warriors, like 30 plus years ago, and then found out about turbo, uh, which was a uh, offshoot from uh, the torpedo armor. And I can't remember if they explained how uh, Mickey and, um, Jared doesn't know this, but there's a uh, guy that's also a part of the whole torpedo thing um, mm-hmm. as well, how uh, they got the costume. So like, so I've heard Rom's name being revered mm-hmm. and I can't quite say I get it, but it's interesting to hear uh, someone else's perspective. I'm always reminded that there's always, and I'm not saying like the Rom is some niche thing because it's not necessarily wild. A lot of people do love Rom, but you know, lot, there's yeah. always something that we bring on this show that um, that's going to be someone's favorite. So uh, I'm glad that uh, you got to come on and, and talk about it. And I'm, I'm glad I'm getting to read a, a little bit more because I, I I need I need an education because like on the surface I kind of think like Jared 
thinks on this of, yeah, it comes across as, and, and I guess one of the reasons that maybe Jared and me kind of see it and kind of like get a little bit emo ourselves is because it kind of like, he's a war vet right. and even in stories about war veterans are either going to motivate you or they're going to depress the absolute beep out of you. <laughs> so like, it's it, so like when I read Rom and see how he's sort of fighting this never ending battle, I absolutely can see how you can take it, Jamie, and say, you know what? This dude is incorruptible and he has been fighting this battle against the dire rates for literally centuries uh, and with no end in sight, but he continues to fight the battle. And then I can see how Jared and I look at it. It's like, oh, this is a this is a veteran who's seen like the horrors of war and has lost people. And we know people like that. And we are people like that, maybe. And so. Again, I'm rambling in now at this point, but I do appreciate your perspective. No, thank you. I I appreciate the question. Um, It it is hard to say quickly why I love it so much, but there's a lot of people like, of course, you know, Chris Ryle, um, formerly with IDW, is the one that brought Rom in back um, before they got it. Marvel, of course, has it now. James Gunn always said that um, if he could have two characters to bring into Guardians before he left, it would have been Rom and bug i believe from uh micronauts so there are there's a lot of love for it and uh, i do encourage people to to find the omnibus when it comes out in january and uh, and and read it through and through it will seem a little dated but if you are familiar with the comics that are going on at that time you'll see how critical he was to saving the the, the entire earth at one point uh, in the and it is is worth noting before passing off uh, to Pat that like the reason why this book probably can't be funny is that they have to call it a rom com. Always been loving on that one for about an hour fifty now. <laughs> hey, I'm throwing a flag on that play for my football <laughs> no. reference. There, there is a Randy likes it. Guy. Yeah. There's a Twitter guy who has redone a bunch of rom-com posters and put rom into it instead. <laughs> they're, they're amazing oh, not funny. to find them. Yeah. Oh, man, that would be funny to see. Yeah. But they, there, there are some romance in here with the Brandy. Oh, there right? is. Oh, there is. It's the love of his life. Well, yeah, yes, well to, she's a fine from, girl. Yeah, good wife she would be. Um, and again, that talks to, uh, again, his, you know, why he is so depressed. He ends up finding her, loving her. She, she gives her humanity up for him. And then she has to he has to give her up later on. And uh, anyway, it's just a good it's just a good read, you know. Seventy nine issues plus a bunch of uh, a bunch of cameos. Like Delvin said, this is definitely good to hear what you had to say, Jamie. Because you know when you say space knight, he is that knight, that guy who's supposed to be proper and, and living up to that level as well too. And but you get that emo-y warrior like. Delvin said, you know, that he's seen some stuff. So he's got some, you know, depression, some PTSD, things like that happening. That really, again, goes back to my first thing of the character that they put into this, you know, little toy to make him something that everybody loves. And once you read this comic, you love Rom even more. I've read bits and pieces of this, but I'm really getting that sense of there is a real man with feelings behind the robot or behind mm-hmm. the shine here. And that's what really pulls me in. There was a lot of words in this one, as Jared had mentioned, but I think it went by somewhat quick because was it a shorter 
issue with it is. second it is. story. Yeah, and I the second story. Like it. Yeah, the second story, though we don't talk about it, is also a very important story because um, you find out that all of the space knights, um, you know, it's not like their body, like Robocop, and they took their bodies and put all this stuff of them. They actually uh, imbued like them somewhere. into it. So in the the follow the backup issue, a uh, space knight who has you know uh, is a bad, has become a bad guy shows up. And all of the Space Knight's humanity storage lockers basically are there. Mm-hmm. And he has the possibility to, to, to take that so there would never be any going back for Rom. It's a pivotal storyline in that, too. If you get this issue, make sure to read the backstory. Jared, high, low, or what the for your second round? I was actually going to make it the backstory. Uh, when I okay. was first reading these, because Rom is so dense... I think I got about 30 or so issues, right, Pat? And I ended up sending them to you uh, somewhere in that yeah. neighborhood. And because it was so dense, I would see the backstories and be like, eh, skip it. Nah, I'm not going to read that. And so, I, But I did read it this time because I didn't know whether or not we were going to talk about it on the show. And we have to get deep into it. But I I was really intrigued by it. I was like, oh, this I liked it better than the front story, to be honest with you. Because uh, like Jamie was saying, you know, like he's out out and about doing space night things. And basically his like his humanity is sort of on, on like downloaded to this bank of humanity and now there's this bad guy and they're just he could just destroy it all and yeah. what are the what, how will that affect rom in the immediate in the long term like and he's definitely there to f with rom like he rom is high on his f with list yes uh, so it's i was like oh wow i i should have been reading these backstories because <laughs> and, and if i remember correctly i'll have to go to jamie on this i think that's what the backstories always do is sort of like meanwhile back on galador like letting you know what's what's cooking on the back burner uh, type of thing. And I thought, well, cool. to be a little more specific, it's what happened kind of back in the, some of them, some of them are different. This one is, is a very far reaching story because not only does it come to play in issue 25, when there is a ROM clone that shows up along with Galactus and a couple of other ones, but it reaches all the way to issue like 72 or so um, oh, wow. with this, humanity footlocker type thing so this is definitely a backstory it's a good one if that's the first one you chose to read it's it's an important one and and the robot's called the terminator so tell me right (laughs) come on all right well there's a lot of again character development that's going on in these issues for rom that really are fascinating jamie do you have any other high low or what the uh, let's see. I did say one other thing that I think I really liked. Oh, it was the fact again at the, at the very last couple of panels where all the dire wraiths change from their human forms back to their, uh, sorcery forms. And they're like, we must get together and kill Rob the space knight again. <laughs> you know, I just, I, that's the, it'll go on, on and on and on. And there was a little appearance of one of my favorite wraiths, uh, who is called Dr. Sweet. And she has a very severe looking raven haired lady when she's in her human form. And you get to see a little, little bloop of her. And so that's always one of my favorites. So that would be my other one. With that, I think let's go ahead and find out who gets the polished armor award for this issue. And we'll go to Delvin. What is torpedo's name? Brock something. Brock Jones. Let's, let's give it to Brock because you know, he was given the, he was given the rock. You know, and he had to matriculate it down the field. You know, uh, the rock in this case was his family moving from one place, you know, to the other. And while he encountered obstacles, he gave him a juke step. 
And he was able, you know, to tiptoe his way into the end zone and extend it for a touchdown. The touchdown, of course, being, you know, uniting was wrong. So I give it to Brock slash Torpedo. He did go all the way. way. (laughs) And the stands did just come apart. I mean, they were just crazy. Must have been aluminum or something that weren't really good. Jamie, in the in my British issue, they were aluminium though. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, well played, well played. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Oh, I, I've got to agree with with Delvin. I mean, torpedo all the way. He he shows up. He used to be a bad guy, so he's got this overactive. I'm going to do the right thing, right thing. And then he sees Rom, thinking it's it's the Rocketeers coming for him. And man, he just Superman style rips that shirt off and heads after him. But at the same time, as soon as he realizes I've misstepped, he stops. And so many people will make mistakes and and never you know recognize them and say, "Hey, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. I didn't mean you were know you were a good guy." And Brock automatically just, "I'm so sorry. What can I do?" And forms an instant alliance. And uh, I think he, he definitely would get the polished armor award. Definitely, I do agree with you and Devon as well for Brock. His character change in this one seems like he was potentially a somewhat maybe bad guy or just didn't lost in his way sort of a guy. And now he's turning to the hero side to help Rom in his quest to one, save the city and maybe save the world, possibly. Jared. I don't remember his name, but I want to give it to Brock's former boss at the insurance agency who is also a dire wraith because I love the fact that there's a dude out there who's like, I am going to destroy humanity. Maybe 5% of the time, the other 95% of the time he's like actuary tales, uh, tables and like uh, business decisions. Like he's legit running an actual <laughs> insurance company, deductibles, what have you. And then like in his spare time, maybe destroy <laughs> humanity. That will never not be funny to me. So in one way, Jared, he's like going to destroy like the world, the, the country. In the other way, he's just going to meticulously drive everyone insane. <laughs> like, like if you think about it, it's a very weird position for him to be in because he's like, he's like, oh yeah, the next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to kill, you know, uh, Brock Jones. And he's like, oh crap, we got to. 2.5 million on Brock Jones? We can't afford that. Like, he's got hard decisions to make. But then at the same time, you know, he gets to be like, hold on. Beep, beep, beep. Johnson, I need you to file 15 extra TPS reports. And Johnson is like, oh. Ah. He's like, <laughs> So that would be Byron Benjamin, president. Yes. He is my guy. Like, he's out there destroying humanity yet providing reliable and sustainable coverage for the common man. And, you know, just one more reason is you've got all of these wraith scientists casting spells trying to find Rom, but he's got a return address envelope from Brock. (laughs) He will find him now. (laughs) Yeah, Brock really just, man. Mm. (laughs) Man, he really fumbled the ball on this one. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that that he did. All right, well, let's go ahead and get to the ratings for this issue. It's a one through five rating. Five is you loved it. Four, you really liked it. Three, liked it. Two, didn't like it. And one, you hated it. It burnt your motherboard or you fumbled the ball Uh, right at the end zone and uh, they ran it back for a pick six. Oh, (laughs) pick six would mean they stole it from you. But anyway, enough football talk. Let's go ahead and find out. Jarrett, one through five. How would you rate this one? 
I like this one. I'm going to give it a, a four. I think a standard ROM tail would be about a three. I give it a little bit of the bump up because we're getting to see the first ROM torpedo okay. uh, meetup, which is going to be a thing for a while. And I think that's cool. And I'm really glad I read the backup story because I was reading that. I was like, oh, oh my. Oh, this there's consequences here. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to give it a four. I liked it. Delvin. I'm at a three. I thought it was good. Uh, I could at least tell that this story was it. Jamie, come back, come back, Jamie. Come if if you understand, I just rated Rom higher than I rated my favorite Marvel character of all time. So that's a compliment. And here's why, though. Like the story was, I mean, this clearly was in continuity. And I could tell that based off of, even though it hadn't been released yet, when we read Rom 49, Brock was still, you know, in the book veteran, you know, football player, you know, as he was a little bit worn, a little bit worn down, but, you know, he's still in the trenches. Okay. That's enough <laughs> football references. Um, but he came off the bench ready to play. Yeah, he, he did. You know, like he, he's no longer like the fresh starter at that point. You know, he's the seasoned backup. Like yes. you're, you're going to get about like 85% production, but you know, still viable anyway. So I appreciated the continuity from um, issue 21. And uh, I appreciate that Torpedo is a part of the New Warriors as well. So all these are good things. Uh, and so good for me. Gets it out of three. I am going to go with Jarrett with a four. I really liked it. And again, I keep saying this. It's the character moments for this. This the character buildings to turn this toy into something that I care about and the care about the people around him and the people that are joining him as well too. the Brock story to kind of, you, you kind of felt for Brock too, is like, Hey, he just did and killed a bunch of people that he really didn't mean to do. So that, that pulled me in. Jamie, are you at a well, five? You know, I don't want to sound too much, but I am at a five. This would probably be on my list of 10 most important issues for Rom. Mostly, because, that's yeah, because it does establish uh, Brock, uh, newly formed. I mean, I mean you, you would have to read. There's a couple of Daredevil issues uh, where he's actually. You'll love this, Jared. He's working at the insurance uh, company with. So he's he's doing the actuaries, and then he's putting on the costume and zooming out, and then his paperwork's everywhere. And he's like, oh, but I gotta save. But uh, it's it's great to see him coming in, uh, not only as a new hero, but as a reformed uh, bad guy. And again, it's it's an if you if you get up to 49 with this other issue that's going to come out later, this is definitely um, one of the times that if you're going to read something, this would be one of them to, to read. So I'm going to give it a five for that. All right. Wow. There are some good values from three, four, and a five on this one. So go ahead and check it out and, and learn a little bit more about ROM. With that, that's going to bring us to the end of this part of the show. You got a comment or a question? You can give us a call and or leave a voicemail that we will play later on in the show. Leave us a message at 707-532-5269. That is 707-532-LBOX. Pick up the phone. 11-0-0-0-1-1-0-1-0-0-1-1-0-1-0-1-0-1-0-1-0-1-0-1-0-1-0-1-0-1-0-1-0-1-0-1-0-1-0-1-0-1-0-1-0-1-0-1-0-1-
fetid swamps to creepy castles, the podcasting hour is your home for horror on the Fire and Water Network. Join me, PJ Frightful, on this quarterly anthology podcast that gazes into the mysterious and terrifying shadows of DC Comics. The moon is full and the bell tolls for midnight, the podcasting hour. Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the feedback part of the show where we share your comments, emails, questions, and shares in a segment called Crusader Comments. We're thrilled to kick off these comments with special shout outs to our Crusaders Club members. These are the fine folks that have helped join our crusade. They enjoy early access to special long box episode, voting to help determine show content, and so much more. These are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show. And Helica Wolf. Oh. Auburn Elvis. Blasted Astachian. Braxton Underwood. Clinton Robinson. Captain Entropy. Dave Collins, the Battle Wagon. Does Ron Voice do anything for you guys? <laughs> As our gallo. <laughs> <laughs> Gary V. Gerald Green. Jason King. Jason Lady. Jeremy L. I'm so glad this happened. Jim, 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 I hope you like him, Darman, too. <laughs> Jim Neal. Joe Thomas. Tom Watson. Josh Strickland. Candace Ward. Captivating Gathering by the MVP. Matt and Lizzie Paso. Mark Ross. Maxwell Traver. Now it's Matt's headroom. Miranda W. P.D. Devins. Paul Hanks. Rick of Jeff and Rick Present. Rob Captain Morgan. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. Spidey 67. Pratchett. Steve Cronin. Tim Price. Tony Pennington. And last but not least, Toronto Cop. And I know we're over time, but I, I cannot, I cannot help this. Uh, Jared or, or Jared Bot, do you happen to do a Chris Walken impression? Oh, it is me, Christopher Walken. Hey, <laughs> this is the coolest impression you ever heard. Mister Mister Jared Bot, happiest in the saddle. Thank you. <laughs> I knew you were going to ask me that. Oh man, if we missed anyone on our list, we apologize. Keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release. So if you're a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. Jared, Jared, you could have found some way to say I'm happiest with an apple. Like, ah! (laughs) (laughs) I just, (laughs) sorry, sorry. But still, no worries. Just let us know that we miss you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com and we'll get it straightened out. As a reminder, you can become a Crusaders Club member by heading over to patreon.com slash longboxcrusade for as little as $1 a month. You get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Come check it out. If you don't have any extra scratch lying around, but you still want to help us out here at LBC headquarters, please take a moment to write a review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you find this on your feed uh, for this podcast. If you want to just keep it short with just a star rating, Five stars, of course. Thank you. It helps raise the profile of the show, and we will share your review on the next show. As of right now, folks, for episode 72, it has not been released yet, so we don't have comments. But as soon as we do, we will provide them, of course. 
uh, voicemails. You can call us and leave a voicemail that we might play on the show. Leave us a message at 707-532-5269 at 707-532-LBOX and I will accept no one else but Jared Bott. Pick up that phone. Thank you. And thank you to everyone for the likes, shares, follows, and comments. We appreciate your friendship and help in spreading the word about this podcast. And that's the show. Be sure to check out the website, longboxcrusade.com, where posts will be made for journaling this crusade. I want to thank Jamie, Jared, and Delvin for joining me on this episode. But before we go, let's find out where the listeners can find us on the internet. Jamie, where can you be found? Well, I'm on all the streaming platforms as Fave 5 from Fans. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Fave, the number five from Fans. Uh, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, and all of the socials. Uh, And I love for people to reach out to me, tell me what they thought about the episodes. And if you have something that you're really passionate about and you'd like to do a show, please reach out to me and let's work something up. Give Jamie a lookup and a tweet or, or contact him. With that, Delvin, where can you be found? You can find me on Twitter, X, at D-E-E underscore A-Y-1977. You can find me on Instagram, Delvin Ray. Jared, what about you? I am at Yard Sale Artist on X and Facebook and Instagram. And you can check out my artwares at www.theyardsaleartist.com. Back to you, Pat. Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. You can find me on the Twitter, X, at Christatos01. And if you want to interact with us via live chat, like folks are doing right now as we record this, just head on over to YouTube and get in on the chat for some free stuff that we will give away as we raffle some stuff. It is on our doing it live stream on YouTube the second Sunday of every month, and we start at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. Go ahead and check out Longbox Crusade on YouTube. Please subscribe to our the channel and click the bell so you get reminder notifications of when we go live. And there is a lot of stuff going live. Jared surprised us yesterday with a pop-in uh, show yesterday. Jared was inking and he invited people on to join him or to sit in the chat with him. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, thanks to uh, Kathy and, and I think uh, Tony was there and Courtney. Very cool. So you never know. If you don't click that bell, you never know what you might be missing. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode of Amazing Spider-Man Chronicles. You got a comment or a question, email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com or leave a comment on the Longbox Crusade Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter page, all at Longbox Crusade. Until next time, take care, and please join us on the next episode as we continue on the crusade to... Read them all. Read them all. <laughs> the intro music is provided by musical genius Joe November. Check out his SoundCloud at J O S E F L I N 99. You won't regret it. All songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. Outtakes. Going live in three, three, two, two, one, one, zero, zero. That's what I do. It's retweeted onto my feed so that my my throngs of fans. A throng is eight, I think, right? My throngs of fans. Uh, a yeah. thong is barely two, though.
<laughs> yes, true. That's that a, th- a thong separates two, actually. If I'm not, <laughs> you cheeky person, Jamie. So yeah, cheeky. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is quickly going banana. Yes. <laughs> subscribe and smash that subscribe button and like button and do all that. Comment also, too. Get in the comments and join the crew. Smash it. Rub it up. Lick it down. Oh, no. <laughs> At the end, he was like, Jonas Harold, that man's old. Let me get that camera roll. Camera roll. Camera roll. roll. That's when you have some outtake material, Pat. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that.